everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Art Things Considered, where we consider art. My name is Matthew Slaza. I'm Isabella Pico. And I'm Sabrina Brago. And this is, sadly, the last episode of the season of Art Things Considered. Oh, no. Yeah. It's so sad, guys. It actually, it, like, it makes me sad because, like... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Um, wait a minute. Yeah, because the two of you are graduating, right? Yeah, and we have to, like, live life. Oh, my gosh. Graduation. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, like, on a personal note, uh, I have no idea what's going on with my cap and gown because I haven't gotten any emails. Like, I don't know. Do I have to go pick it up or something? Yeah, the 17th. Or? Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> You're uh, not alone. Because, <laughs> like... They don't even tell you anything. They're just like, you I know. pay a billion years in advance and then never find out. He's so prepared for life, guys. So <laughs> prepared. Yeah, sure. I but- went to an event the other day where I was like, oh, it was like a graduation event. And everyone kept asking me what my plans are, like post-grad. And I was like, can we not talk about this? Like, <laughs> Do you guys know I, what you're doing I, yet? I highly agree with that. I mean, I have, I have my like plan, but I don't have a job. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> The, the the thing is, people just expect you, especially in this field. It's like you should never expect somebody who's graduating with a degree in like film or TV to to have like a job lined up because it's not even like a traditional thing. Like no one in this major should be getting a job if they actually want to do film TV. Should have a job waiting for them unless it's like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to work on this individual production at some point. You know, because we don't generally get like jobs long term unless you're getting a production company job, in which case you better be prepared to start now. And for me, I didn't want to start till fall. So it's like they don't know their openings that far in advance, you know. So I'll be job hunting all summer because I don't want to start until August or September Mm because I have plans over this summer. And I've been going hard for 16 years of my life. (laughs) I think I deserve one summer. Take a time out. And I'll I'll still work like and I'll probably freelance because I have a couple of friends that and, and, uh, and, you know, some network connections that have stuff that'll happen over the summer. So I'll probably freelance work or something. But I don't feel the need to tie myself down for multiple years this instant you know yeah which makes sense yeah that's fair fair and, and there are people who are like oh no i have to do that and that's fine like if and especially if you're in more like news or something that's a thousand times easier yeah because mm-hmm. those jobs are like they know that six months at a time they're always hiring Ay. but for me it's more like okay i'm gonna look at the select group of production companies i want to work for in this these select areas and like keep asking and seeing until I get a job. So it's like I have a plan and and I'm not particularly worried about getting through, but, you know, don't ask me what I'm going to (laughs) do. I just, yeah, because it's like I have things that are like, I have like a very solid backup plan and then like I just, I've been interviewing places and stuff, so I'm just like waiting to hear back from those places (laughs) and this is around the time that I should be hearing back. So it's like, okay, this is exciting, but at the same time, like, I don't want to have to explain to anyone what that is. Like, you know, like, yeah. I don't want to be like, well, winnie, 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 and winnie, winnie, winnie. And then, like, the person that I'm with is like, oh, yeah, I just got a job in New York. And I'm like, ha ha, okay. <laughs> but Where's I don't, your job at? I don't want to. My wanna, mom's couch. Yeah. Well, no, thankfully, I won't be on my parents' couch. So that's good. Oh, but, like, go. um, but yeah, I've decided I don't want to do, like, the LA New York thing. Well, like I, really I don't, don't like no. The LA where, thing. Where have you I been looking never... for jobs? Um, you said you got some interviews. I don't want to say where, but more like what locations? What uh, type definitely of... like the southeast. Really? Yeah, because I am, oh. I am not gonna live in California. <laughs> you could pay me enough, but they won't. So that's pretty Isn't fair. Like um, shoot, 
Atlanta, right, is a really big place. Oh, Atlanta's popping. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't mind moving I mean, that's one of the places I'm looking. I I say that because that's not where I want to be long-term in Southeast, but I am looking for um, jobs in that area now just because, one, my girlfriend's going to be here another year, so I want to be somewhere vaguely close. Exactly. That's a factor. Um, And two, like, I'd rather get, like, my feet wet here, you know, in this area, and then, you know, kind of network here. And then a lot of the production stuff happens in Atlanta, to be honest. Yeah, and like a, a like a lot of it, a lot of the development and pre production, and even a lot of post happens over in LA oh, yeah. and New York. But like, if All you want to actually work on sets, stuff. yeah, Atlanta's like a place real to be. production stuff. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the stuff that I want to do, like camera or like sound or you know that type of stuff, even if it's like third AC or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, is all here, and really, I'd rather just get a job with a production company and learn as much as I can for two years here, and then yeah. go somewhere and be like, oh, I know everything. This is good. Yeah, where they, like, chew you up and spit you out. Yeah, and, like, there's less pressure, you know, and they love you and appreciate you because you know more than most of the people they hire from those things usually, you know. Right. And and that way I can learn everything and be done. And, and yeah, so that's my plan. I just wish people would stop asking. (laughs) Like, you know, know, I forgot, I guess, because four years ago I was like, I hate this. And then I forgot that in in four years it's going to be like, again, hey, what's – what are you going to do What's for the rest of your life? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to figure that out and be open, particularly in an industry where it's evolving. Like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Like, please leave me alone. I My, don't want to uh, deal with this. Yeah. Well, because, like, also our industry is, like, so freaking crazy huge and vast that you could do so many different jobs for so many different people. It's insane to be yeah. like, well, what do you want to do? It's like, oh, well, I want to just edit podcasts that are comedies on iTunes. It's like, what, what are you insane? Like, <laughs> I, how am I going to know what I want to do? Yeah. And like particularly for me cuz I I love like this. I love radio stuff. I love film, I love TV. It's just it, th- I do this whole conversation when people ask me that. Yeah. So don't ask me cuz you don't want to hear this. Just just play this part over like over podcast. I'm going to put it on my phone. Yeah, now that I have it. <laughs> just audio. record it and then be like, oh, "What are your plans?" Here you go. That'd be hilarious though if I just go like, "Oh, one second, pull out my phone, Watch hand this. them headphones." Watch this 2-minute video I made on why I don't want you to ask me this question. Like animate this in After Effects or something. Yeah. Just go for it. So we're 6 minutes in, but uh that's that's fine, right? We'll we'll hit them with a the Broadway beat a little late. Yeah, yeah, just a little, 6 minutes late, but it's okay. They're graduating. They can do whatever they want on this last episode. And it's, yeah, it's the last episode, so like this yeah. is going to be more of a, a fun chill chillax environment guys chillax yeah but anyway um, go ahead i suppose my turn my turn we don't talk i'm staying guys so guess what you get me for another year get How pumped. exciting but yeah get pumped but anyways uh not really not a lot to talk about this week um kind of just want to talk about sarah Bralis and how her waitress um role has been going she's playing jenna right now in the show indeed and she leaves it on june 11th but i found this interview um she did with the new york times and i I really just like thought this was the cutest thing. She said that waitress is one of my proudest accomplishments. And I just think that's, you know, that's so true when you look at how much time and how much energy and just everything she has put into this show. She did the lyrics, you know, she did the music, she did so much. And now she's playing Jenna in the show. And she was just talking about in the interview, like how when they knew that, um, oh shoot, what's her name who played Jenna before her? Um... Oh my gosh, she's she was in another show before. Ugh, I could, I could I have helped you much earlier, I know, but I'll I say can't. it now. It's Jesse Mueller. Jesse Mueller. There we go. I knew it was something with the Jake. I was just Jessie waiting. I was Jenna. like, she'll get there, but nope, then you didn't. No, I didn't so. get it, but it's okay. <laughs> Anyways, Jesse, when she was saying that they knew that Jesse was going to be leaving the role of Jenna, she was like, you know, wow, wait a minute, like 
But she said it was something like she said that she got a spark of like, you know, inner. She was like, I think I could do this. You know, I think I could play this role. You know, I helped craft this role. I helped did it. And she said she had to really learn how to be Jenna, but she did it. And I think from what I've seen so far on everything, um, social media wise and Internet wise, like she's been kicking ass like in the show. You know, I think everybody's been in love with her. It's really interesting because like uh, she was talking about the process of casting the role and she 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 says like in her book for example she says that when she saw jesse mueller she was like oh well that yeah okay so that's the person yeah like, exactly. it's not me it's yeah. definitely her mm-hmm. and so it's funny because when they announced her it's like oh okay so she was like yeah you can have the role but in like a couple of months it's gonna be me i'm taking it back. it's gonna be me <laughs> and i think it's funny because like the new announcement well, well, well just go ahead and share yeah who, well it just next. got announced that the woman who will be replacing sarah now is going to be betsy wolf and when sarah leaves june 11th um betsy coming in june 13th yeah she's going to be coming in june 13th so you know it's it, I almost feel like it's too soon to be replacing her, but I mean, like, it's been what? like. Well, she announced immediately yeah. that it was only going to be a 12-week. Yeah. She which makes sense for, like... She didn't make it long. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, she, she doesn't have the time. Yeah, and she's not, you know, naturally trained for Broadway. She's had it's a long engagement this. even yeah. for... Yeah, so, like, it's interesting, but also, like, they had to announce their placement early, because you always have to. Yeah. Uh, especially if she's only going till June, and it's, you know... April. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to announce that. But two, I think it's interesting because uh, she just, I think she just wanted to do it. Like, I think they could have found somebody else and been long term. And I think she just went, yeah, do you guys mind if I do a limited engagement? And they're like, yeah, that'll sell tickets. And, you you know, you can sing. Obviously, you put out an album of you singing the song. So yeah. it's like, <laughs> might as well. And um, it's gone really well. It's, it's gone better than I think even she expected. I think so, too. And I, I honestly, like, just from watching the clips and everything, she just looks like she's having such a good time. And, like, if you look at all the behind-the-scenes stuff, too, she's just, like, glowing. Like, I saw this one video of them, like, putting the Je- um, the Jenna wig on her. I almost said Jesse, The Jenna wig. <laughs> and she was just like, oh, my God, like, this is so cool. Like, you know? And just, it's great. It's really nice to see her just like flow not you know it's not an easy flow it's been a lot of like a self-training and she's got to like teach herself and have others help her to fit into this role but it's great to see her play a role that she basically created for broadway you know and she didn't think she was gonna get to yeah it it is kind of crazy um anytime somebody writes like like lynn being in hamilton it's like yeah anytime somebody writes a significant portion of any show or is heavily involved in the pre-production of a show it's like it's got to be so interesting to be a part of it as it evolves as well. Yeah, you know, you know? I feel like that's got to be so surreal because you're like making this role and you're making this mm-hmm. music and you're making, you know, all of it and then you get to step into that, you know, and they already have to be in that mindset when they're making the lyrics and music and everything, you know, they have to be from that person's point of view and then to just hand off the role to somebody else and be like, okay, here, take my creation, you know, do it (laughs) like on stage. But then to get to do it themselves, I feel like that's gotta be so rewarding, you know? Yeah. I also feel like, um, the, the weirdest thing to me, if I were her would be, Oh, I wrote these words this way. I wrote the music this way. And then somebody tells me, Oh, actually that. So, so this is supposed to be this, like this is supposed to be meaning this and you're supposed to be feeling this. And it's just like, 
Um, first like, of all, <laughs> excuse me. When I wrote this, that was not how I was feeling. <laughs> like, it's just got to be really interesting for her, and I, I wonder how like she's handling that. But it, it mm-hmm. seems like she's just so over the moon; it doesn't even matter. Yeah, ten weeks left, I believe. I think this is week two of her. Yeah, on the two show. or three. Yeah. And I'm really pumped because like Betsy Wolf's an amazing replacement. I think. Yeah. It shows a lot of confidence too in the show because I was worried that when Sarah Bareilles' run was done, the show was going to close. Yeah, and, but no, uh, it I seems mean, like it's revitalized it's, tickets enough that it's going to. Yeah, run for a it's while. been doing pretty decently i'm pretty sure you know i think it's ugh, i like don't want to say this because i'm not 100 percent sure on this but i think it's sitting in like the top 10 or at least for sure top 15 for like i mean broadway i mean it's right top now. 10 yeah but like that doesn't necessarily mean anything on broadway but i mean like you know for it could have died out when jenna <laughs> left you know it's doing it's doing a lot better um actually than right for the first for like about four weeks of when jesse was about to leave it wasn't doing great but it's picked up a lot yeah yeah but um, keeping on the waitress trend real quick, I actually realized when I was first looking at when Sarah was joining the show and stuff, the guy who's playing um, Dr. Potomer, who is like her love person or love interest in the show. <laughs> love person. <laughs> love person. Her person. But I like that. Um, I like looked at his face and I was like looking at it. And I was like, oh, my God, like you look really familiar. Like, where do I know you from? And I'm not sure if I said this the last episode I was here, but I finished The Office finally. God bless. It's such an amazing show. I, I basically almost bawled my eyes. No out spoilers. I'm still two seasons. Yeah, spoiler away free. No worries. No worries. But I'm looking at his face. I'm like, I recognize you. And uh, I just I looked up his bio and I was like, oh, my God, you were in the last season of The Office. He plays – they finally show you, like, the pro, the production team, you know, who's been following them around. And he's one of the main guys on the production team. And, like, he's actually friends with Pam and Jim in the show. So that's not really a spoiler or anything. Like, you know, they just show you the production team. But it was so funny because I really liked his character. And I had just seen him on The Office. And, you know, that show's – God, you know, I don't want to say it, but that show's getting old already. Like, you know, compared to – I think our generation was the one who grew up with it on TV, but I think the generation coming after us, like, you know, they think they know The Office from, like, streaming it, not from TV. Yeah, it's really interesting, actually, because I watched The Office all on Netflix so far. Yeah, so have I. I didn't watch it live, really. The only time I ever caught episodes even was on TBS, you know, so it's Mm -hmm. really interesting. And similarly with 30 Rock, and I think it's Comedy Central or FX or whatever it was on for a while, but but, uh, until I watched it. And so it's kind of an interesting consumption, you know. You, the love is still there. It's and it's almost sometimes like a, it, it's like amplified, but in a different way, you know. Because like when you're with a with characters over eight years, that's like a relationship. Oh you my know? gosh, yeah. If you look, I was watching the bloopers behind the scenes the other day with them. I'm not gonna talk about this long because you know it's not Broadway, but they, you know they, they you sit there and you laugh all day on set with each other. You know that's got to build such great friendships from that. You're just you're just joking around and getting to know people, but. Yeah, I love The Office. It's such a good show. Um, last thing, though, I want to talk about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory opened up its previews. Chocolate. Chocolate yeah. <laughs> opened up its previews on March 28th. <laughs> and it officially starts. It's officially opening on April 23rd. But um, Playbill released some photos from the set um, and what the show looks like and everything. And it looks, it looks so crazy. It looks so cool. Yeah, it looks. They even transformed the outside. Like, because when I was there in January, they had just transformed the outside of the oh, theater. Really? It looks like you're walking into a chocolate oh, factory. Oh, that's so cool. And I, uh, I actually, this is like super on topic, but super odd. Um, when I was at Broadway Con, one of the people who spoke at one of the panels is, is, is was in the show. Oh. And so she was talking to me about the set and like all this stuff. And she was like, you, you know, you can't tell anybody now. And I was like, oh, okay. But like, and I'm not going to say any specifics, but she said some stuff that was just like, 
this set is unlike any set of any show you've ever been to. Okay. Um, Matt, you can't say that. That's such a tease, man. Like, That's I'm, such a tease. I'm not teasing. I'm just saying, are, if you though. can go see the show, go see the show. Uh, but go see the show, guys. It Plus, looks really you know, cool. probably free chocolate, right? Yeah, free chocolate. Wow, that'd be so cool. Or expensive paid-for chocolate really cool. that you'll buy. Because you will. <laughs> oh, God, I would. It'll probably be like the pies and waitress. I swear to you, even if waitress sells zero tickets, they're making massive <laughs> money on those pies. <laughs> those pies. I don't know what's going on with that. But they charge like $5 for this tiny little pie, and it's so worth it as a consumer. God. But for them, it's got to cost them like ten, t- t- like a dollar. Yeah, if even. like probably 10%, 15%. So they're yeah. making like 85 Anyway. God, lucky. This is economics. But yeah, it go see Charlie nice. and Chocolate Factory. It's supposed to be really good. Yeah, and I actually wanted to mention, though, real quick, you know, it's three they're kids. They're Willy Wonka, right? They're doing Willy the Willy Wonka, Wonka version. Yeah, Willy Wonka. Is it Willy Wonka or is it Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Nope, Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I was right. Yeah, okay, you were right. You were right. But um, Put a gold star. Yeah, gold star for Matt, guys, on the last episode. But the one of the kids who – you've got three kids who are alternating between playing Charlie um, in the show. And one of them, Ryan Faust, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name, mm-hmm. he is actually from Tampa, Florida. Is that yeah. supposed to be a drum roll? Uh, yeah, basically. Like, <laughs> it was a sad little drum roll. But, yeah, he's from Tampa. And I think that's really cool because that's two hours away from us. And this kid's that's on where Broadway. I'm from, so yeah, that's yeah. crazy. And now he's on Broadway. He sounds yeah. ridiculously familiar, like the name. So I'm he's been have to look in it up. Um, productions. What did it say? He's been. He's played Chip in Beauty and the Beast. He's played Jack in Cinderella Kids. He's played Michael in Peter Pan, and he's also been in Cats. He's did they say Victor. what high school he's from? Because um, that would help. They do not. It does not. He's probably not even. Uh, actually, he's probably. Too I feel young. like no. Yeah, yeah, he's probably too young for high school. Maybe he has like an older sibling. I feel like yeah. I was gonna. Say, I too feel like young? I just like have heard the family. How old is this kid? Well, it's Charlie, Charlie, it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, he's yeah. Charlie. Yeah, he's Charlie. Oh, no. Probably like twelve tops. What if you knew yeah. his brother or something? <laughs> I think that like I literally might like have in passing met that person in a class or something, like a brother or the family or probably. somehow. Probably. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. One person away from knowing Call someone on Broadway. Call him up, be like, uh, hey, uh, I was wondering if I could meet you after the show. <laughs> I'll pay for my ticket. <laughs> but I, I would sh- like to meet you. Don't even you. give me the ticket. I want the chocolate. As a Tampa native. extras. <laughs> I'll just tell him to send me $2,000 worth of chocolate. That's there you fine. Go. Perfect. Who needs a free ticket? No. Just get $2,000 for chocolate. Just chocolate. But anyway, uh, is that going to wrap up the Broadway beat? Uh, one last quick little blurb. Uh, the Anastasia cast <laughs> went in. They started recording the album. That's so exciting. That's really exciting. You reorder it now, I'm pretty sure. But it's coming out in God, June? June, I want to say. I think that's what I said the last time. But yeah, so keep an eye out for that, guys, because I'm pumped and you should be pumped. <laughs> so. That's I'm pretty it. pumped about that's, it. That's the last Broadway beat for this mm. year. All right, so everyone tend to your year-long wounds because mm-hmm. you've been beat up every week for every for, week. for a long time. Like it's yep, that's some lasting damage, mm-hmm. like every mentally week. and physically. Anyway, um, in <laughs> classic local theater fashion, I have a, an interview this week. Yeah, that's right. That's three weeks in a row. Somebody's doing their job here. Uh, but I have an interview with the director of the local. Production of Columbinus over at the ART, the Across Town Repertory Theater. Uh, very interesting interview. Uh, very interesting theater, but the show itself is, is really important. And I mean, I'm going to talk about. I, I talk about it in the interview, obviously, but I would just, if you have time, and you can only see one show, it's it's worth going to see Columbinus in the next. This I'd prefer this weekend, you know. But what what a, what I think obviously doesn't matter. But if you can go see it, it's just. Anytime there's a serious show that's done in here that's not done very many places, I just feel like it's worth taking advantage of. You know, people that's don't true. do productions of stuff like this a lot often. 
And the ART is, is very much known for just being like, we'll do anything if we think it should be done. And I appreciate that. Um, otherwise, there are two other shows that you could see this weekend. Uh, we have UF's production of King Lear. That's wrapping up this weekend through Saturday. It'll be playing. I'm actually going to see that tonight. And then, um, are, have other of you guys gone to see it? Not yet, but I've had a I've had a couple of friends who have gone and who have seen it, and they said that they really liked it. All right, that's awesome. So, when is good. it playing until? Because I really don't have time. This Saturday weekend. night. Oh, oh no! no. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, it, it's wrapping up because finals are the next week. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> better here. luck next year. Oh, so sad. I, I know a couple of the people in the cast, and, and yeah, they're absolutely too. amazing. So yeah, um, my review will be not forthcoming because we're not going to have another podcast. But you can look on the Facebook page. I'll probably make a post. Yeah. yeah. Um, outside of that, that's playing through this weekend. As I said, uh, the ART at the uh, Columbinus also playing this weekend. Um, but Hamlet is actually another Shakespeare play is opening at the Hippodrome this weekend. And that'll be playing through May 7th, so you have plenty of time to see that if you want to wait and catch these shows. Um, but it, it's supposed to be really good, and, and the hip has a history of doing really interesting adaptations of Shakespeare, so definitely worth checking out when you have time. Anyway, uh, so like I said this week, I interviewed the director of Columbinus at the ART, and here's that interview. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's local theater segment. As I said, we are lucky this week to have Susan Christophie in. She is the director of Columbinus over at the Acrostown Repertory Theater, and she's going to be talking about this show this week. Uh, I talked about this last week. I'm really interested to see that someone was brave enough to do this show <laughs> at a local theater because it's a hard show to direct, especially like props to you <laughs> to go about and adapt and make your own and and still keep the story true and, and walk the line that the show is, you know, because it's a little bit of fact, a little bit of fiction, but to get the journey more complete, not necessarily to make it different. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's not the first time we tackled it, though. In reality, uh, eight years ago, we did the show at Gainesville High School with high schoolers. Really? In its entirety, without a word cut from it. That's good for you. Yeah. It was um, an amazing journey, which is why I was so excited to take it on at the art, because um, we had such an amazing experience and an amazing outpouring from the community and from the school when we did it then. that I just couldn't wait to tackle it in a community setting without a little bit of the um, high school fear that I had taking it on as a high school teacher. Um and with the ability to just kind of put that fear aside and be able to delve into it on a different level, um, which we did. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just um, it's just super exciting. And then I imagine that the the directing must have been drastically a different style because <laughs> one, you with high school students, it's a different way to get people into character. Usually, in general, yeah, absolutely, um, especially with the age range of the people in this show. So uh, <laughs> I'm kind of curious uh, how you went about. Adapting, especially at the ART, where some of these actors have never acted before. How did you go about trying to wield everybody into your mind, you know? <laughs> well, first, we have such a very wide age range. Um, one of our actors, the youngest actor in the show, is actually 15 and turned 15 during rehearsals. Wow. She is by far the youngest. Um, and I dare anybody to come and find her and figure out <laughs> which one she is because you won't, um, which is why she's in the show. Um, she's a, a remarkable young lady and has a very wide range of talent that I look forward to seeing her expand on as she goes on in life. But, um, and then we have a 29 year old. That's the, the range of ages wow. and you would never know it on our stage. You really wouldn't, which tells you that the universal language of our show, it really is so universal that it 
touched home to all of them. They could all find themselves in this production. I mean, so, it's a universal s- story. I mean, it sounds it sounds awful, but when I talk to fellow theater people, like they get it. It's like the reason theater has been around for so long is because it's one of the the hardest and easiest art forms to capture a tragedy and translate it in a universal way that doesn't insult the tragedy. You know, absolutely, and which is. The beauty of Columbinus, when I first found it, is that it didn't sensationalize the Columbine incident, which is the most important thing to me. I mean, I lived in Col- in Colorado and in Littleton, um, a mile and a half from Columbine High School until wow. 1995. My father was actually um, across the road from Columbine High School, and his business was used by SWAT during the actual Columbine incident. And the images that we see of the Columbine incident, my best friend's little sister is in those images running from the school. And so it's very um, powerful to me that, and important to me that I didn't allow this to be sensationalized once. It could never be, I never wanted you to be like, oh, that's so dramatic. Never. Mm-hmm. Once. It had to be as honest as possible in asking questions and um, probing as opposed to just um, appearing with ta-da moments. Mm-hmm. So, which it does. It it never really allows you to um, think you're watching a movie. We approached it very Breckian, very much style of Breckian theater in, in the fact that you know you're watching actors. Mm-hmm. They start off as actors. They They put on their characters. They accept their roles, and at times they throw the roles back in your face. They don't want them. They're hard to they're hard to live with. Um, and the set is moved. You watch them move the set. You watch them create the new places and spaces. Uh, we never want the audience to forget that this is a play, that that you're a part of it, mm-hmm. because that's the whole idea of Columbine us. Wow, that's uh, I was I was gonna say that's really, I was gonna say it's a pun, but it's not. It's like an emotional pun. I don't even know how to respond to it. Yeah, you know? it really. It's, Columbine is us. There's a lot of ways that you know the actors have their own take on it themselves, but Columbine is us. Columbine us. It, everyone. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and that's like when I heard you guys were doing this show, I was like, first of all, community doing this show is a surprise. But then I was like, but the ART doing the show, 100%, because yeah. you're in the show there. Yes. Like, you get to live that. And so that makes perfect sense, because any show they do there, especially if it's more of a storytelling-type show, like uh, like The Pillow Man was really interesting, mm-hmm. um, stuff where you kind of, like, get to be a part of the story, and you suspend disbelief without forgetting that you're there, you Absolutely. know? And so that's that's just really interesting. But with a drama, I just see it a lot less frequently. So I'm really interested. How did you go about... One, balancing that line, making sure they were in it without pulling them out. But how did you go about like your d- directing style? What tactics did you use with these actors? Well, first and foremost, I asked them to draw lines themselves and how far they would go in their research. I, I told them, I said, there are so many things that you don't need to put in your head. Uh, let me, <laughs> let me do that. <laughs> um, because I, I haven't already done the show. I had tons of research mm-hmm. already. I had already done. And so I had the luxury of being able to pull all my old files and, and that type of stuff. And knowing that I didn't have to see images that weren't necessary because Ugh. there are a lot of things online that are so gruesome that I just didn't want them to have to partake in. And so they didn't, most mm-hmm. of them absolutely did not. Um, and then checking in with them, we started every rehearsal with a a 
more or less a, I pose a question and and get and get answers back from them. Really, what that was me doing was checking in with them mm-hmm. and seeing where they were. Um, now that the show is um, happening, we are you know in our first week already. Uh, there's some touching base that I have to do after our first production. Um, as the director, I take that journey with them every night mm-hmm. uh, and kind of hold their hands mentally. <laughs> and afterwards we have a question. I mean, we have a talk back with the audience and as they sit on their boxes down front and I come down front to talk with them, I was just compelled. And I walked down the line and put my hand on each of their backs and the like giant sigh that took each and every one of them <laughs> as they kind of let go of their characters and let go of that yeah. moment, which was really necessary. So every day is different with them, how they go about dealing with it. My son's in the show. My son actually plays um, Eric Harris. Um, and he's actually been very disassociative from it, very much mm. so. Um, but unfortunately, Sunday, it hit him very hard. He... Um, we call it a Heath Ledger moment <laughs> where you lose yourself in the character. Yeah. And um, the problem is, is that he really um, kind of can understand Eric Harris's anger um, from being bullied and from not being heard uh, as a, as a teenager, uh, not by myself. My husband and I are very attentive parents, <laughs> probably more than he wants us to be, but um, from other people because he was a theater kid and, kind of lived on the outskirts of, you know, the popularity and the world that as such as that. But yeah, we all know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, he um, kind of always really understood Eric, but uh, never the murderous side, never wanting to hurt people. He's mm-hmm. not that same person. But whenever he felt Eric on Sunday, it took a toll on him. That's rough, yeah. It took a very hard toll on him, and he spent Sunday evening at home with his mom and dad. (laughs) You know, he's almost 20 years old, but still, Sunday night was a night with mom and dad, just having dinner and watching stupid television. And Yeah, with with a show just so, and I hate to say the word, but like taxing as an actor, it's just like, you can't do it justice if you don't get in there. So it's hard because you have to balance your mental health, like your... Mm -hmm getting back into yourself with that in there are some actors and like great for them that can just be like completely method throughout an entire performance or something i could never do that no i and would I, need the normalcy and the, the grounding of being myself you yeah, know there's an act there's a acting coach or a style of uh directing that said that that's what leads to the insanity is that every time you if you were to take on that character every single time and lose yourself in that character that's what leads actors to insanity because if you do that, where are you anymore? Yeah. Where are you anymore? And are you really are you really acting at right. that point even? And that's like kind of the interesting, you know, oh, acting nerds talking. But <laughs> it's like if you're becoming your character and then staying your character, the then when do you get back to yourself to transform into a new character? Absolutely. Are you just really good at being characters? And then at that point, are you a real person? Or are you just, So like it's just kind of interesting to think of that way. And, <laughs> Absolutely. And getting back at this show in particular, it's, it's just... um. The, the balancing act of, you know, the fact that a lot of it is just, like, based on true facts that happen there and some of it's based on uh, conjecture, right, or, like, things that happen that you would then put into right. a play form. Some of it's very abstract. Um, there's one of the hardest sections is really the darkest humor section um, in the first act is called um, 
natural selection are, um, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's history lessons, the other name for it. And, Mm -hmm. um, they, what it is, is you're in Eric Harris's head as he learns and is learning multiple things. He's hearing the story of Adam and Eve or Cain and Abel. And then he learns of, uh, Leopold and Loeb. Mm -hmm. And then he's learning about the neo-Nazi movement. And all of these things and how he takes them in and how he, what he takes from them. And it's done in the darkest of humor ways. The audience wants to laugh and you do laugh. I mean, you do. And then you, you have to laugh. Yeah. And you feel really guilty about it for a moment because it goes from a very humorous moment to and it slides right into a very unhumorous place. Um, and so it's done so smart. It is done. They took. uh the, the writers of the script took so much time to really get into the heads of, of teenagers and the people who they interviewed. They took the time with what they said and really tried to make it as honest as they could um, and still make it theater, mm-hmm. you know, um, without making it a bunch of people just sitting around telling, you know, and talking about it. They really wanted to make it as honest as they could and, and to let you see what was happening in the minds of these kids. And a lot of it is Dylan and Eric's writings. And a lot of it is mm-hmm. um, the students who suffered through, you know, the actual massacre. It's all of <sighs> these things written. And, and it's before, you know, it's before it happened. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we have on stage. <laughs> it's, um... It's got to be hard to me, and and like I have a, a decent you know amount of knowledge about the event itself too, because you can't really paint them as villains without the show not working, you know, in a weird way. Absolutely, they have to be at least they can be because you can have a villain who's just identifiable and <laughs> and able to be understood, you know, and there is pain there. Like there's a reason they did what they did. Does that mean it's justifiable? Not at all. Absolutely but you have not. to at least understand the reason to understand the whole journey of the thing in the first place, you know? I think what this show really does is it says, where's the line? It it shows that every one of us has the capability. Every one of us are, are empty vessels, so to speak. We all take on identities or have identities thrust upon us. When we can't find identities, who do we relate to and what do we relate to? And so those things push us to these other places and to these other things that sometimes are unhealthy. Yeah. And then mental illness plays such a large part in it, especially for Dylan and Eric, as, as we are want to forget that they were both suicidal. It's the one thing we absolutely can never forget. Um, because to forget it is to forget the mental health issue that was involved with it. And to forget it is to forget the reason that it happened. Like, and that's my biggest thing is, uh, you know, as somebody who I, I do love a, a comedy, I do love a musical, but a straight play that makes you consider how things were reached in the characters' minds is doing its job, is is representing what theater can can right. do for people. And this is like a shining example of the idea that sometimes you may not agree with the way people think, sometimes you may not agree with what they do. 
but you can logically look at the steps they made and go, I can see how they did it. Absolutely. And that's important. Absolutely. Because it's really funny because some of our talkbacks have been so interesting. They really have people, I mean, and they're never the same. Absolutely never the same because every person has their they own. Should, yeah, they shouldn't be the same. Yeah, every person has their own unique experiences that they've lived through and they bring it to the theater and watch the show and then share it with us. And, you know, one person really said, you know, if I didn't know anything about Columbine and sat and watched this show up until the moment that Dylan and Eric become Dylan and Eric, because in act one, they're not, they're freaking loner. Mm-hmm. She's like, I would never think Dylan and Eric are the ones who perpetrate the crime. She's like, I would think it was AP. She's like, because he is so on the verge of breaking. And I'm like, well, they all are. That's the point. You know, they're all on the verge of breaking. And she's like, absolutely. And she's like, because I was AP. So on the verge of breaking, always felt like I was on the verge of breaking. And I was like, that's the point. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is somebody who has, has like, everyone has thoughts of like, okay, what am I going to do with this? I'm like, I'm not fitting in here, not fitting there. Well, how am I going to go? And, and like, as somebody who's dealt with like depression and I feel like everybody understands the mindset of like, if I had just thought of this a little differently and not had that person say this, like what would have happened? And like these examples of tragedies, it's like the, these are preventable if we can just like actually actively talk. And I think that's the biggest thing is people want to go like, oh, no, it's a tragedy. No, it's sad. It's like if we talked about those more and why they happened, people would have something in their mind of like, I can't do that because that's what that person did. And that didn't work out well for them, like obviously, and didn't work out well for anybody and didn't solve the problem in the Absolutely. first place. Well, you know, it's this this fine edge of asking yourself are we doing by putting this on stage are we doing exactly what they wanted to by glorifying it um but there's also this place where you say if we don't put it on stage are we then we not discussing it so mm-hmm. there's this you know this we walk a razor's edge of, of figuring out how's the best way to talk about it and which is what this show does because it doesn't answer any questions for you don't come to this show thinking you're going to walk away with this glorious question answered. In matter of fact, you're going to walk away with more questions, with more questions and talking yeah. about it, which is what the talk back is for. Mm-hmm. We thought it was derelict of us to perform this show, ask you to ask questions, but not give you a place to do so to start that conversation. And which is what we do when we just start the conversation. Sometimes the cast has questions after their performance for the audience because, you know, they just took that journey with you as well. And they have lots of questions sometimes, but, um, it's, it is definitely a razor's edge we walk as as an art as to where the glorification or the actual just simple um, looking at and studying to try and figure out what's the best way to handle it. And, and it's, um, I completely agree with the dilemma there, but I think that the right choice is always going to be to talk. I mean, a yeah. dialogue is always... Yeah. And I feel like people try to pretend like if we don't talk about something, it'll go away. And that tends to be a tendency, especially in America for some reason. Yeah. But That was it, mental illness for the longest time. Yeah. that's, <laughs> And I mean, it's still like one of the biggest issues with uh, mental illness is if you stigma. don't yeah. talk about something, it's not going to change. And like, yes, you could gl- you could glorify something by talking <laughs> about it. Sure. But even if you were to glorify it by talking about it, if you actually talked about it with somebody, there would be the counter of like, 
why do you think this is the right choice for you? Mm-hmm. You know, there's the mitigation. I feel like Absolutely. The, the argument that people make that if you, you talk about something, you can make it ultim- automatically good. It's like, no, the, the whole idea of talking about something is to get the good and the bad and yeah. understand the whole idea to of weigh, the subject. Yeah. Weighing the options, weighing the weighing both sides of the of the factors are definitely the most important thing. And which is what we do. I mean, sometimes in the talkbacks, we don't always have the the agreeable mm-hmm. it's not always the agreeable i mean we had one gentleman who was you know definitely older and he came at the cast with you know i heard a lot of me in the first act he's mm-hmm. like don't you think that's what's wrong with your generation it's all me oh. and you know the funny thing is though is that he's not completely wrong well, he, i think he really isn't completely wrong we are of a different generation mm-hmm. we are so connected but disconnected we really are. Um, so he's not completely out there, but for for us to talk about it and to look at him and say we are a different place than you live, we have so much more, so many more things and technological advances than you lived with. Perhaps you looking at things a little differently and us looking at you a little differently is a, a good start. Mm-hmm. Maybe he walked out of there with a different viewpoint. You know, which is the most important thing is looking at people differently, just a little bit of empathy. Yeah. And just kind of especially like with the current state in (laughs) in this country right now, I think it's just important. Like even for me, I I have views that I think are correct. I think everyone thinks their views are correct. Right. But sitting there and listening to somebody and going, "Okay, there's truth there. Mm -hmm. And because if there's some truth, I really need to stop pretending like. Because there's mostly not truth to me. There's no validity to what they're saying. If there's some truth to to what somebody believes absolutely then you have to give them the time of day you have to let them talk you have to understand and have a dialogue because what i've found is that when i talk to somebody that has the polar opposite beliefs of me even if they're telling me like no you're wrong no you're wrong no you're wrong which is fine (laughs) we reach a point where we realize a common problem we both have and go okay and so this is where we went different directions Mm -hmm. and this is where we could still get things done and then it's like oh well well, why weren't we there in the first place it's like because when you said i was wrong people's automatic reaction now is to go i'm right you're wrong instead of talking about it and so like particularly for this issue i've always been an advocate for uh talking about mental illness and talking about like thoughts that you 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 feel like you don't want to talk about in this me generation i feel like everyone wants to put it not to say that it's a me generation, but that's the word everyone's saying, <laughs> right? The, the hot button. That's the word. hot button phrase, yeah. and it's just like, okay, whatever. But <laughs> as a member of the me generation, I do I do have to say, I think um, Bo Burnham said it best. I, I don't I don't know if you you know Bo Burnham, mm-hmm. but um, uh, he he said like it's a generation. It was a response right. to what we were given. It's like yes, it was a response because no, if nobody's listening, and all of a sudden you can say everything. You would say everything, but the problem is now it's become more so, what do I say? Right. Is it what, it was what I'm saying, what I want to say? Is it what I'm feeling or am I just saying things because everyone's saying things and I want them to hear what I'm saying? Right. Is everybody talking so loud that I'm afraid I'm not being heard at all? Or am I talking so loudly that what I'm saying isn't, isn't even what I'm saying? Right. because you feel the need to say it. And so like no. I- I'm still a huge fan of in-person communication and different art forms because I feel like they capture it better Absolutely. personally. Um, and like social media is great for like marketing and for like talking with your friends or whatever. But 
And it's good to maintain friendships. Like, I'm not downing social media by any means, but no. I think that if you're trying to get the answer to a question, the last <laughs> thing you should do is post on Facebook or Twitter or social media because you're not going to get the answer you wanted. And if anything, you're going to either confirm a wrong assumption you have mm -hmm. or be diverted from an answer you could have gotten that would have made your life much better. Like, Absolutely. If... If you asked me in person, like what I think about um, what, what I think about depression and like the stage of depression or, or like people being able to be successful with depression, my answer would be much different than if you made a Facebook post like so depressed today, LOL, here's my sad face at a table with like coffee. Like how does anyone have a dialogue with you for that? You know, absolutely. And so, yeah. So I feel like shows like this are really important and not just because it's, you know, highlighting an issue and not just because of mental illness, not because of any of that, but because it shows that if you disagree on something, you can still talk about it. And oh, there yeah. has to be more of that. Absolutely. The cast, of course, has its own opinions. You know, each one of them has their own thing that they take away from it. But the one thing that every single one of them comes away with, they'll all say at the same time, whenever somebody says, what do you think is the main theme of it? And they'll all say empathy. It's all empathy. If you take a moment to listen and to try and care and to to feel exactly not to go oh i understand you know i see what you're saying no to feel what that person's feeling just for just for a moment feel what that person's feeling then you might be able to you know actually come to some place where you, there might be a common ground just for just for a moment i don't think there's a there's a better way to go out than that <laughs> just to be honest that's that's what art's supposed to be Absolutely. It's a mirror to society. And if we're not doing that, it's just breads and circuses. <laughs> exactly. Um, just to remind everybody, this is uh, Colin Binus going to be playing through April 23rd at the ART. That's the Acrosstown Repertory Theater right downtown. Uh, if you've been to the Hippodrome, you're missing out because less than a mile away, another amazing theater is just hiding right there for you. Thank you again so much for being on the show. Absolutely. What a wonderful, interesting conversation. Um, I got to tell you, I love talking about art. I know last interview about King Lear got a little off to film and I like, I like conversations like that, but, uh, I think, I think it's just always nice to talk about like the impact theater can have. And so that was really enjoyable, but anyway, uh, we're going to move on from local theater and go ahead and move on to Sabrina's segment where she's going to enlighten us to what she loves in the world of art. Yes. <laughs> I will do that. Um, just so, like that, right? I just feel like the way she just said that, I pictured her like standing on a stage like at a poet's, like, you know, coffee shop. When I was seven. When I was seven. I watched a movie. <laughs> and then, I was amazed at the way they could blend it. art and message. <laughs> oh, okay. But then I watched well, The Office and I realized comedy was better. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's funny that you mentioned comedy because I'm definitely like, I'm going to be giving a rundown of my closing statements on shows that I think are worth your time uh now that I know Matt and Isabella have watched one of the shows I recommend <laughs> I suggest you do too because it'll change your life but anyway and so two yeah. of your two of your shows have changed my life so good yeah. for you good track so, record just saying guys just saying yeah. but anyway so well I didn't have time to watch a tv show this past week because Usually yeah. I'm pretty good. I did watch Grace and Frankie season three, which was actually um, pretty easy to finish. I just I literally had it 
playing in the background of whatever I was doing. Like if I was showering, I yeah. had my <laughs> phone out. Oh my god! And I was watching it. It's uh, iPhone seven is waterproof. Hey. And then um, well, you see, so you get my point. Then, like you were like, you finished Thirty Rock so fast. It's like, well, because it's so easy to yeah, watch. Like it is very. Easy. It's different. Like I can't. I still haven't been able to watch Iron Fist, and I'm worried I won't ever get the motivation. <laughs> I feel to watch like it. you shouldn't. Um, but but my you get my point. Is like it's hard to watch that. Mm-hmm. But like uh, the season of Thirty Rock, I could knock that out in a day, yeah, man. That's true. Um, what other? Oh well, I guess I am lying. I have watched TV. It's like impossible for me not to. Um, my boyfriend and I just finished season one of the Great British Baking Show. Ooh. Oh, my, my, girl, my girlfriend's watching that, and it's so interesting. It's so delightful, right? Aww. It's so cute, and it's so like like they're so cute. Like delightful. these are just amateur bakers who. I think that's the coolest part to me. Yeah, they're not like, like professionals. Yeah, they're not like I have forty bakeries. And- <laughs> <laughs> and I've been baking since I was born. Like, and then at the end, it's not like they win money or anything. They literally just win like a cake stand. <laughs> I didn't know that. And they, they, just and they just get a party for the love of it. And it's, it's just it's so baking. cute. It's so pure. Like they're just so happy. Aww. The show itself is really interesting because it's like so different than American cooking oh, shows. Oh yeah, American cooking shows are like <laughs> cutthroat. Yeah. Like yeah. like knife noises. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Who's I love gonna me, go? I love me some chopped. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But when and it comes like to the baking the, shows the here, intense music. Yeah, it's too intense. I Actually, want though, I just saw a clip of the day from Gordon Ramsay's cooking show, and this oh. blind woman was oh, on there cooking. God, I love. And he, that makes me cry. Oh my god, oh, I almost. I don't usually get like real emotional about stuff, but like he started. Oh, cooking shows get me oh, so emotional. He just started tapping the top of the pie crust, and he's like, "Do you hear that? Do you hear that?" And he goes, "It sounds perfect. There is not a soft spot oh. anywhere." And the blind lady's like. She just seemed really insecure about her cooking. And he was like, don't you think this is coming out so good? Believe in yourself. And then he had a slice and he was like, the flavor, the flavor in this is amazing. And she just like was like about to start crying. And I'm like, oh, my God, little blind woman. I literally cannot watch that clip without crying. Hey, Gordon Ramsay. Like you talking about it is making me tear. It's making me a little emotional. With blind people and children. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> I used to do the same. I was addicted for a while, and this is slightly off topic, but kind of on topic. To uh, did any of you guys watch? I think it's like a, it was Restaurant Makeover, or whatever it was uh, with uh, with him with the oh. dude who was like he had a he was uh, shaved head and he was like super buff. I know I what you're like an episode about. or two. I just can't remember what the name of the show was, but I used to I was a addicted to that show oh God, yes. like he would like mm-hmm. always break down a wall and he would but every time at the end of the show. He's he broke your heart with how much he cared about that that family or that restaurant, True. and it's just like I know it's formulaic, <laughs> I do, but like there's but you something know what? it works. <laughs> yeah, and there's something about like restaurants and food and like family businesses that makes it okay that it's formulaic. Like Undercover Boss gets old really fast because it's oh. formulaic and corporate. Yeah, but never like the, never the Kylo Ren version on SNL though. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm watching Girls right now, and I'll talk about that later. But uh, uh, it, it made me realize that Adam Driver is an amazing actor because that was like the second thing I saw him in, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so your favorite list of TV shows? Let's right. see how many overlap with ours. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't don't don't, don't count on hold it. your breath, <laughs> but. So my first show I will talk about is Gossip Girl. Oh my God, yes! Because <laughs> I yes. love no, me, don't, uh, don't uh, I love me some gossip. good old CW yes. teen drama yes. about Snaps. nothing. Like God. so, what else is on here? Uh, 
No, listen. I'm not. I could talk about Gossip Girl. Is the OC on for here? Hours. Oh, no. Love the o- I just started watching <laughs> the OC with my friend. I love it. But I'm How not. Far I'm are not. You? I'm. I. We think we just finished. Oh, season. Oh, I just finished season one because we finished right. watching season, season two. Season three and on is or, garbage. So yeah. just stop watching. But Gossip Girl, I'm not done with it yet. I think I'm on season mm. three, maybe four, oh, three. Really? The thing for yeah. me is like the reveal in that show is terrible yeah so. i know who's gossip girl but like <laughs> it's horrible just, i don't know about you but the reason why i love that show is because the when you first start watching you're like these guys aren't high schoolers and they're like yeah. we're in high school and like we go out drinking like every night and we like yeah. fly off to paris whenever yeah. we want and, and like and half, 16, of me, like, half of me is like what like where are you? your parents suck but then the other but half their parents of me, do suck yeah the only i love rufus though this is my favorite <laughs> him but and his waffles then the other half of me is like Jesus i Christ. i want to live your life i want oh, to live yeah, your life where like you just you just fly to europe whenever you want you know i mean the thing about cw shows like especially that type of cw shows that that's the point like their audience is just going this is crazy this is ridiculous (laughs) i'll believe it because Uh, i want to you know the fake (laughs) no like i i loved gossip girl there were certainly things (laughs) about it i thought were wrong and like jenny should have left a long time ago jenny like i hate her i've seen a couple episodes with jenny like ahead of where i am and jenny sucks yeah (laughs) no basically everyone from brooklyn sucks yes yes (laughs) let's keep this focus on like the really rich (laughs) upper east side kids and and then one of my favorite things to come out of gossip girl is that i don't know if you guys remember this but me and my roommate are like hardcore pop culture people but Mm -hmm. like then they try to do like a reality show version of it no. on Bravo. What? Yeah. No. Look it up. It was like <laughs> it was like a bunch of rich prep kids. <gasps> I know what you're talking about. No, on Bravo. What yeah. is this? Oh my god, no, tell me more. What was it called? I can't it remember. Like, but it wasn't like it was clear that they were ripping off the oh, idea. Yeah. yeah. It was like oh, you had I all your classic it. characters. There was this guy that was like obviously trying to be Chuck Bass, but it was like <laughs> what are you doing? My oh favorite my Chuck Bass line is when he says something to Lily. I haven't gotten to this episode yet, but I've seen it. He's like you lied to me and like he just said the way he oh, says yeah. it i'm like gangster truck like the, he's literally he him um rupert um what's his name ron ronald weasley rupert grint rupert grint him and rupert grint and somebody what else are, th- ed sheeran in- first of all his, his <laughs> name is ed sheeran actually did you see that clip so funny oh my god that was so funny i think that may be the best thing oh rupert that show ever was done. called nyc prep yeah so it was stupid. literally like wanting to be the reality show version of Literally, girl. yeah, that was it. So horrible. So I remember the promos for that and being yeah. like, this is going to be on television? Like, I watched sure? it because you it was to. so entertaining. <laughs> but Oh, God. So I get stupid, it. But... Well, well, what's the next show? We spent a lot of time yeah. on um, The girl. next show, you guys will agree, it's it's Parks and Rec. Yes. Oh, I still yes. haven't watched it yet. Oh, my God, no. Okay, listen. You should watch that. I've... It's my summer show with Sam, so we'll watch it. Do it. Okay. I've, I've what, finished The Office. I finished Parks and Rec. I'm on season three of 30 Rock now from Sabrina. Oh, I'm loving so it. good. I'm loving it so much. I'm in such a happy Wait comedy bubble. Four. You season guys can't see, but I have the biggest smile on my <laughs> face right now. Season uh-huh. three and four are arguably the best seasons of that show and like the, no, every season's good some of the best seasons season of comedy really yeah, like some I've of the best like seen. show oh, seasons God. of any show yeah. <laughs> like crazy the, the writing on it is just so good that's se- like well, especially okay. season well, three. let's it's talk about 30 rock a little bit Par- later parks and but like right now yeah let's focus i'm not, I'm not on. as into to, no, to that because i got, tried to watch the whole first season and i got bored but no because season one everyone of, tells of me that parks and rec is once, horrible 
um well, Brandon was what, what did she say to him it's the last boring. line she says um Mark Bandana quits I didn't realize that was your name Mark Bandana quits as soon as he leaves the show just like kicks it up like 50 notches oh, and yeah. it gets so much better see everyone tells me that but it's just like I have such a hard time uh getting past a full season of a show and then we keep watching you know because You'll like see. I tried that with Game of Thrones and I got like four episodes in and I was like this is the most boring thing I've ever watched <laughs> what so like oh, and everyone's God, like oh no. no if you just get enough that you're hooked and I'm like Okay. After the first major death in Game of Thrones, which is like episode like six or I think like episode six, I want to say. See my point? Give or take. Six. Yeah. I had to get six episodes in. Yeah, but then you get caught up enough in the plot and you're like, oh my God. And then nah, it happens. You got to at least oh. sell me on a character. I could and never. And characters aren't redeemable I enough. never got into oh, Game no of Thrones. Way. It was got, just way got, too much for me. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. My but boyfriend it, loves it. The I just, one thing about Parks and Rec, even as somebody who doesn't love the show, is that you can't deny the impact, like the pop culture impact. Oh my God, yes. And like even the actors have gone on to be so successful. <laughs> Treat yourself. <laughs> Literally, that's the best thing. And oh my god, when Ben goes with them and he, and he gets the, the Batman suit. suit. Spoilers. Oh no, oh, it's I'm, ki- I'm kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. okay, because I was like, that's been memed right. everywhere. My what's man. um, what's after Parks and Rec? Friends. This is no in no order, right? <gasps> no, it's in. Well, I mean, like the last one is definitely my favorite show. Oh. Yeah, but um, Friends. Friends. Friends is so good. I've Friends seen that show at least 20 times all the way through. Yeah. Probably more. Probably I, more like 40. I love Friends. Well, I was talking to someone the other day and I was like, you know, the best thing about Friends they were saying was that like, you know, when we watched it when we were younger, like, yeah, it was funny. But now so as like funnier. young adults, we <laughs> just we just relate to it so much more. Oh, yeah. And I have such an appreciation for it. Yeah. I, like I binged it this summer when I was doing my internship because I, I was too. just like uh, – I was watching it and it's just like, oh wow, yeah. So uh, you're doing you're doing a job and you're doing a job you're not like you're doing. They give you a task you're not qualified for, and then immediately <laughs> they give you a task you're under like overqualified yeah, for, and yeah. it's like, oh, okay, so I just did something really well that I shouldn't have been able to do, and then they give me something that I shouldn't even be asked to do, and then I did that really well. It's like this is you know this is life, I guess. I guess I should just get used to. <laughs> it's like it's just such an interesting dynamic when you they talk about oh you're gonna do the thing you love and it's like when, even when you do the thing you love it's gonna be very interesting and, I, and that always helped me adjust throughout my like growing up you know yeah but then when all of a sudden you're doing it's like a, a weird out of body experience you're like no that's what I was thinking about years mm-hmm. ago am yeah. I having to do that now yeah yeah it reminds you you're an adult which is never fun yeah no <laughs> no but God. um. Another Friends. show I find very similar to Friends that a lot of people actually don't like, but I love this show, is that 70s show. I, it's a really good show, too. I do I like that 70s show. That show. I don't, I've never actively watched it, but whenever it was on like TV, you know, like Nick at Night and stuff like that when we were younger, I used to watch it. I've watched it like all the way through. And like Mila probably three and times. Just, like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really cute. It's really sweet. That was also another show that was like oh i didn't really understand this when i was little like i never knew when they were sitting in a circle that they were smoking <laughs> i yeah they do that just job. went Stuff way just over, over i just thought head. they were like weird yeah and then my cousin was like yeah and then they all smoke pot and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> what? what are you talking about I was like, are you like what show are you watching <laughs> stop trying to dirty my characters and then she's like yeah that's why there's the smoke and they all start laughing uh, and then yeah. they always eat after and they say god. weird things i was like connecting oh my dots gosh. Oh. Yeah. yeah but i was like 12 yeah <laughs> I don't what's know. weird about that like that show has amazing writing like such underrated writing oh, because yeah. like the presentation of the show is really easy for people to go Oh, that's stupid. But if you just watch it, like just watch it mm-hmm. and try not to laugh. Like it's just so it's funny. Im- it's impossible. Yeah. I don't think you can not laugh. And then also like all the stuff about growing up, not True. knowing what you want to do, 
feeling tied down to like a significant other not tied down (laughs) shout out to her significant other shout out to you greg (laughs) tying me down no but like just being unaware of your future Mm -hmm. it's very relatable right now yeah um yeah so on to the first (laughs) drama i guess oh gossip girls i guess gossip girls that's more of like a mellow drama girls like a uh teeny bop drama yeah drama 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 (laughs) drama Um, style. Well, yes. the first real drama, Breaking Bad. So good. Never watched it. Because I... Now. That was like mm-hmm. my go home freshman now. college experience. I, I go home watch Breaking Bad, you better go home and watch Parks and Rec. I'll do yeah. it. I'll trade you that. that that's a very it's, fair That show trade. is a, the revolutionary show. I did. Even if you're just watching it for like, to, to appreciate it, it's just so good. Yeah. It's amazing. Plot development is amazing. Um, That was the first show I watched that was like wow yeah like this is really good tv like this isn't just to entertain me this is like it's to entertain me but it's like there's something deeper to this it's to make you yeah it's not even just to make you think it's to make you process your thinking which is like a whole nother level because there are shows that make you think but you have to process how you're thinking it and that's like a that's a gold star that's like a best television award yeah type of program you know mm. and i've been told that better call saul is just as good so i'll have to watch it um i've heard lesser accolades about better call saul but i don't know if that's just because it's like still it's a very new. different show i've yeah. never even heard of that but i've heard it was very good because it's, like it's kind of a it's spin-off. more of a co- it's okay. got more comedy to it so like it's going to be different that makes sense but um but i heard like the first couple episodes are a little weak but then after that it just picks up into this really interesting story and so i'm I'm going to have to watch it. I'll probably binge it like I binged uh, Breaking Bad because I mm-hmm. watched all of Breaking Bad. I watched the first four. I watched four seasons to catch up and then watched the final season. Live. Oh, okay. So like and the final season was two two different. Um, yeah, uh, like I, I, I watched all of it and then caught up with the last half of season five. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was. That's what you did? I think that was me. No, no, no. It was close. I watched all of it, watched the first half of season five live. Oh, okay. And then I was actually so busy during the airing of the second half that I actually watched it all in the marathon leading up. Oh. So uh-huh. I watched the entire second half of season five in one sitting, which I don't recommend for anybody, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I was an emotional wreck. I felt hollow in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the worst feeling. <sighs> oh. I remember when i fin- i finished watching it like three o'clock in the morning like the whole thing because oh. i didn't watch it like live on tv i would mm. watch it like on some bootleg website <laughs> and then um you broke me that was funny Sorry. and it was awesome like i remember finishing it and just be like it's over like the <laughs> ending was so good too and there i have very few shows that i love that much and actually love the ending and i felt like that was really all, the way they could do it. Like, there's the only way they could do it. Right, yeah. And that song at the For end. Sure. I think my favorite star, story about Breaking Bad is he picked that song, and the the producers in the in the studio and, like, the channel were all like, what What are you doing? That's mm-hmm. No one knows that song. It's so stupid. And then they picked that song, and then it became the number one song the next day on <laughs> iTunes. And they were like, well, you know what? You're right, Vince. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're not going to doubt you. <laughs> um, well, onto a show that's the complete opposite of Breaking Bad <laughs> is Gilmore Girls. Oh, I uh. love that show. <sighs> yeah, as much as I... <laughs> um, I have mixed feelings on the revival, too. Yeah, but as much I, as I, I hated and love to rip apart the revival and Rory, <laughs> I, I do love Gilmore Girls. It has a very special place in my heart for, like, an early 2000s. Like, that really did shape a lot of who I was growing up, like, in elementary and middle school. So... I'd be very, very 
false to not include it on this yeah. list. Um, I appreciate this list because it's making me think of my list, you know, yeah. like shows that have impacted me that I've either forgotten about or haven't gone back to in a while. It makes you emotional. Yeah, to it think makes me like, very emotional. Because like know. Gilmore Girls, emotional. like when we finished it, because I watched it with uh, with my girlfriend. I talked about this earlier in the year. We were rewatching the entire right. show leading up to the revival. And um, we when the show ends and like that wasn't supposed to be the end and everyone keeps like a lot of the director the creators and everyone were like oh this was such so stupid i hated the ending to be honest it's one of my favorite endings to a show it just felt so clean and like mm-hmm. so this makes sense and like they did the pull out and everything was exactly as you would ex- like want it to be and yeah and you're just sitting there like crying and you're like oh so they're just gonna eat food in in the in the diner okay <laughs> i'll never see it again but it's fine yeah you know and it's just so interesting yeah. So yeah, I, I I get emotional when I think about like the early seasons of Gilmore Girl, and then just like the la la la, like the guitar. I don't know. It's it's de- la 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 yeah. la 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 yeah. la 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 la. Yeah, basically. Um, but anyway, moving on uh, to another comedy yet again, Veep. Yes. I Ooh, I want to start watching. Still haven't watched Veep. Veep. Like, I saw the Veep video they released right now. The joke level of Thirty Rock. No. Oh my god, no. Yes. I right, now I have to watch Veep. Oh but <laughs> it's on the joke level of Thirty Rock, but with severe burns. Oh my Ooh. god, yes. Like people like I had a when yes. I first started watching, I was like, Wow, <laughs> I have to readjust how cynical the show kind of is. Um That's kinda great. Because at the end of the day, Thirty Rock makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Oh my god, mm-hmm. yes. But Veep is kind of like, oh yeah. Everyone in Washington sucks. It's, it's <laughs> ripping satire, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's great. It's <laughs> hilarious. Um, you can very easily binge watch this. Okay. The new season's coming out in May, so I'm very very excited for that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great time to watch it. Like with the current political season, maybe oh God, you'll yes. get a little bit of um. A, like an outlet <laughs> an emotional <laughs> outlet um but it's also like you enjoy watching it so much i i i only started watching it last summer and i've seen the whole show probably three times or wow. four wow I'm, I'm that's impressive sure. that is very it's impressive. very quick to watch though because it's only 10 episodes yeah because and yeah. it's on its sixth season so it's only like 50 episodes that's not bad. It's definitely bad doable. That's like a weekend for me. That's like a Saturday. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah. What's yeah. next on the uh, on the old list? What's next on the list is Jane the Virgin. I've talked <gasps> I about this watch before. That one. It's uh... good. I don't really know if I like where it's going, but the first two seasons are so good. Good. Yeah. And it was like everything I had been waiting for, like a Latina lead, and yeah. you know, like family aspects i could definitely identify and relate to oh my god i can only imagine but i've talked about jane the virgin a lot on this show so that's all i'll spend on that uh next is house of cards i do like house of cards i've still never i've never seen that one i don't like which it i think about it and i'm like that was like the netflix show that like really boomed took off netflix it was the first yeah you know netflix original if I yeah remember exactly. yeah you know so they took a leap they've been of faith waiting forever to make a new season for that show, right? It's yeah, like coming it's coming soon. out in May as well. So like, both oh my, my God, political like... shows, one that's very, very dark, and the other one that's very dark but funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I started to watch um, House of Cards, and I kind of got hooked, but I think I just, it's something that's so hard to watch. Like, 
It's not an easy watch. Certain shows it just is aren't not. easy. Um, I found myself being very cynical yeah. after I um, watched it. Have either one of you watched 13 Reasons Why yet? No. no. I binged it this like, weekend. I'm avoiding it like the plague. Oh my God, I binged yep. it this weekend and it was amazing. I'm not ready to cry like it that. It was amazing. The last three episodes, like, well, you guys know like it's Netflix's most popular show now. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. just from this weekend alone. Like it, it went to number one, and oh my god, it's so. I heard so, they did a really good job. Oh my god, it's so well deserved. The, those last three episodes, though, I like. I was like, oh, I was like, I don't like using this term, but I was shook. Like I was real. <laughs> like that hollow I feeling. Literally you get, get it. Like I cringe oh every time people say that. No, but I god. understand. You just you, there's there just oh god, and I I, I can't even <laughs> like tell you anything because I mean, you, I'm sure you know like what the show's about. But it just—I heard it's very um, happy, very cheerful. Oh yeah, it's totally cheerful. It, somebody told me it's very much like Array this is us sunshine. on the level of uh, sunshine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I, when exams and everything is over, please just sit and watch. Listen, you watch the first episode, and you're not going to want to stop. Well, that's why I'm waiting. I don't know. Yeah. I think yeah. my first post grad show is going to be a comedy. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be a comedy. It can't be sad. It can't um, be like this could happen to you in three weeks. You know, like God, no, no, no. Um, no, it's gonna be Arrested Development. I've decided it's that's been so on my list good. so long that I, I that have. I have to watch it. The fourth season's a mess, but uh, <laughs> that's when I one heard through too. three are good. The thing that's weird about the fourth season is he tried like a new style, and it's kind of interesting. But I actually just read an article about a month ago that he, for the last two years has been working on recutting a version of Arrested Development Season 4 oh. that's like the old show. Oh, okay. Where instead of focusing on one person each episode, mm-hmm. it focuses, it's just like a normal right. version. Oh. There, there's also someone cutting it into a movie, which is interesting. That's crazy. Um, another show I'm going to watch when I graduate is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Can't oh, I heard it. that one's hilarious, too. Yeah, That's like it's too my friend Rachel's favorite show so i'm like okay i'll give it a shot but lastly on my list it should be no surprise the beautiful that it is my favorite show of all time and like forever will stay that way (laughs) is 30 rock god i like i'm i am in love with this show i'm i'm like still in the honeymoon phase with it and you never leave the honeymoon phase will never it's like it's weird the best partner the honeymoon phase will never leave you the first like episode or two actually the first episode or three i was like "Mm, like i don't get what all the hype is about like yeah i was funny i don't get what all the hype is about then all of a sudden like it just like some one of the storylines or just something one of the episodes just kicked into full gear and i was like i can't stop like i can't stop like on the first or second episode i was almost like "Mm, i might not keep watching this show but then i just (laughs) it might have been episode three honestly and then i was just like oh my god and here we go i think the first bit that made me die laughing was in like the second or third episode he and lemon like uh have this exchange that's two and a half minutes long it's like a crazy long scene Mm -hmm. and i didn't stop laughing like i just couldn't Stop myself, and I went. Yeah, okay, I'm I'm done. Oh no, yeah, like I'm in. I know which one was mine. Mine was um the episode when Liz thinks that her neighbor is a terrorist, oh my God. <laughs> and he's training for the amazing. Ring. That's such a good storyline. Oh, yeah, and it God. just happens to be it this just... like. Oh, Middle God. Eastern guy. God. You know what the thing is too is that like Liz like in the show is like no like I'm not I'm not being racist I am not being racist like this guy is it be- but the reason why is because he's so socially awkward that's what it 
it was. And you, the way he he acted to her until he gave her the video, <laughs> and until he got back from the whole interrogation. No, but the scene when she walks into Jack's office and she's like. I got to talk to you about something. His little Indian assistant's in there. And, and he's like, What's it, what is it, Lemon? Like this and that. And she's like, I think, she was like, I don't think I should say this in front of everybody. And he goes, what if you have to say to him? Like you can say in front of me. And she goes, I think my like Middle Eastern like neighbor is a terrorist. And the Indian guy's like, oh. And then yeah. Jack's like, Lemon, just because someone is from Middle Eastern descent does not mean that they are like automatically a terrorist. Like shame on you for thinking oh, otherwise. Oh, but the next line is oh, so good. Oh my God. The Indian guy walks out. He turns to Lemon. And he goes, I'm just kidding. Call it. <laughs> and yeah, he's like, I was like, I just lost it because I was like, he such. Goes, he goes, he's like, I'm just joking. Call it in. Be like, be an American. Call it in. Yeah. He goes, be oh, an that's American. When I, yeah, that's when I fell oh in love God. with with Thirty Rock because I was like, his character should be just, not a good person, but oh, he just oh is. God. You know, he like is somehow. a good person, but he's just such a like a satire just of a such Republican, such like stereotypical executive. Republican, and I just cry. I was just his oh one-liners. God. Yeah, so good. Like it's like be an American, be yeah, a good American, be a good American. be an American. Call it. In. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. But yeah, I, I, I get so your I get your Thirty God. Rock. I mean, that's in my top five, and I just watched it. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's same. Honestly, something. that is like. There's also I don't know if you have gotten to this part yet, but the like bit where Tracy Norton's wife wants him to get a tattoo of so her no, to prove her, her his love, and then so, <laughs> then they were like, well, what if we just like when we go to the strip clubs we draw on it and make it into a line, and, like, and then they call it Tangiers because her name's Angie. I don't. It's, it's and he gets Tangiers oh and he gets Tangiers instead of like, Angie. And- forgets the whole point <laughs> yep. of the tattoo oh my god that show is oh so good god. i love that show i also love like grizzin.com because yeah. they went from just being like two scary black guys to actually being they, active they, in the they like, like act true. really well in that yeah. show like they make that show really funny <laughs> all, lo- all of kenneth. the background people make that show kenneth, kenneth. is oh my god i love kenneth, kenneth just in the, I, I think i actually think what started selling me on the show was in that episode <laughs> when they do the poker like thing like in season one like mm. at the place and like it's like jack versus kenneth and he's mm-hmm. like kenneth, that's really kenneth good. is gonna be all our bosses one day like he was like i'm calling it right now and kenneth like goes like skipping down the hall Way yeah. like that. But I heard though it was um were you the one who told me this, Sabrina, that like as the seasons progress, like Kenneth's background gets more and more revealed. It's and like yeah. it's very interesting where he comes from. And I'm really excited to see that. Because the other day his accent slipped out when he got really upset. And it was oh, so no. thick. Donkey donkey. <laughs> and it was so was funny. Like, oh my god. They do some really weird stuff with Kenneth, but that's what makes oh, the they show. They do so some fun. really yeah. weird stuff in general. Period. Yeah. Like there's period. their like, live shows when, though are the best. I'm I'm excited for those. Someone yeah. told me about the live shows, and they were like, "I was like, wait, why what? does everything like, look like a Mexican soap opera?" <laughs> that was so good. And then like having a a, a Liz double. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, oh no, the bet. I think like one of my favorite episodes to watch, and it was when um, he's dating Salma Hayek. Oh, I just finished these. He's like, oh, her abuela comes. Oh, I and just he looks them. just like the yeah. evil guy from the like soap opera. So good. <laughs> Yeah, that this show's crazy. The, I, moral I of the story: it. all of this. Go if you haven't seen it yet. Please even if go you have, watch. Go watch go it. Watch it. Yeah, I mean, I know it's on Netflix, but I'm really thinking I should just buy 
the collection. I was I was gonna <laughs> hey, buy the box set just it. for uh, just to have. Yeah, because I don't. Know? If they ever take it down, Netflix, it'll I'll cry. be heartbroken. Yeah. Or if the internet just ever implodes on itself. <laughs> okay, you, we need to have it hard copies. If we go and pull a Kimmy Schmidt and go into a bunker, we need to be able yeah, to watch exactly. that. Yeah, on my DVD well, player. I, you know what I didn't realize is that Jenna's in Kimmy Schmidt. Kim, Kimmy Schmidt. Oh my God, and Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> She's in Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. Is. <laughs> it's really but. weird. Yeah. Yeah, camera. Like I, I watched I one before the other, so it was funny to watch Thirty Rock after having seen her and Kimmy. Oh yeah, see I for me, Kimmy it was ever. obviously the opposite. So I was like, "Whoa, this is weird." Yeah, but she's still kind of like that conceited personality. Oh yes, she's like yeah. if it's a blonde woman, I mean, I will kill myself. <laughs> I can't. Um, I can't. Honestly, like I tried to watch Kimmy Schmidt. And the first season was okay. The second season starts off so weird. I had a hard time, but I'm gonna yeah. try again. It was weird, but it's still like a good time. No alcohol required. <laughs> anyway uh is that is that it is that wrapping yeah, it for you i wouldn't close it with any other show <laughs> can't close it with any other i gotta show. tell you uh we pretty much identified with that list pretty well so that yeah. tells you that they're really good shows yeah um and I that love. our tastes are similar so I, i'll have to watch the other ones yes um then moving on uh, the next segment obviously uh since nico could not be with us today is going to be the movie segment uh our box office i gotta tell you i'm kind of surprised uh, Boss Babies number one again. Wow. Uh, Wait, number one. Yeah. Ew. It was number Wait one minute. last week oh, too. I thought, I thought it was gonna be like like in the top five. I thought it'd be garbage like, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, good for Alec Baldwin though. Alec Baldwin, I mean, man. Uh, proving maybe it's just funny. You know, like it looked bad, but maybe it's just funny enough. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, yeah. So that's the number one of twenty six million this weekend. Uh, Number two, Beauty and the Beast is hey. about to cross the billion mark worldwide. Hey, I think hey, it did. Hey, hey. Um, did it already? I think it did because I saw a message on Instagram today from Disney and they were like, hey guys, thanks for getting us into the billions. Like, ha ha ha. Yeah, because it was about to this weekend, I think. So maybe it passed during the week. Um, Smurfs Lost Village. <laughs> the poor Kenneth. Because, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, he was in this movie uh, poor as a voice. And uh, Smurfs Lost Village opened 13 million is not very good yeah, for an opening of that yo. movie. So yeah. that's rough. Uh, going in style, open to $11 million. That's the Zach Braff-directed flick. Um, low budget, so that's probably fine. Uh, Ghost in the Shell. Oh, God. Still not <laughs> making any of its money back. I actually uh, $7 saw million. the funniest meme about Boss Baby and Ghost in the Shell because it opened the same weekend, right? And it was like Boss Baby. It was like, it was like um, what's the line from Batman? It's like not the the hero the hero we needed but the one we didn't deserve or something yeah. like that and it was boss baby next to ghost in the shell it was like ghost like because oh, you know boss baby awesome. beat it out. <laughs> i was like yes but uh so anyways continue sorry you're, you're good. uh number six power rangers and another six million i'm also i'm honestly a little worried because i really hope they make another one i thought this one was really good i think they're <sighs> like i think they're supposed to because it hasn't made right? that much money. Like, it's only made... It's going to make, like, back its budget over here. It's done pretty well overseas. Um, and they're going to make tons of money on merch. I just don't know if they're going to take this as a symbol enough that they're going to keep going with the franchise. But I really do hope they do. Because I was shocked. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but... I haven't seen it, but uh, from the person who I heard from was like, it's really not half bad. It's like, you know. quite good, yeah. honestly. Especially for a Power, Range movie, Power Rangers movie, so... Hmm. Yeah, um, Kong Skull Island number seven with another five million. Uh, it's slowly making its money back. Rex on Rex. Get Out is still making money. Ooh, another ooh. four million dollars for that movie. It's now at one hundred and sixty-two million on a four and a half dollar budget. Uh, Logan is a number 
nine spot with another four million there. Uh, and that movie it's at like two hundred million, and then plus worldwide. And <sighs> I mean, it's making money. It's just a little sad because I was hoping it'd make more. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. It's kind of though, like right now, you know, I feel like the movies that make the most money throughout the year are like the summer blockbusters. Always, yeah. You know, so you know, it's just, it was it's a just weird release time, time. I think honestly. Yeah. But it is what it is. Um, Logan, yeah, number nine spot, and then lastly, number ten. Uh, the movie The Case for Christ. Uh, Always Easter, I, baby. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, it's Easter. It's the Easter movie for the Christians to go see. That's all it is. There you go. Um, and that movie made $3 million. And I'm sure the budget wasn't wasn't much at all, so I'm sure yeah, it was no. good. Um, but that wraps up the uh, the movie segment. I'll go ahead and hop into Matt's thoughts. Uh, <sighs> let me think. Did you guys like that one? No? All right. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Uh I've been thinking about a lot of stuff this week, honestly. Uh, we've tell been, us, I've been Matt. watching tell Girls. Us, tell us what you've been thinking about. And uh, I will share my thoughts. <laughs> yes. Um, I've been watching Girls, and uh, it's a really, really good show. It also makes me think about the fact that when I was told about Girls, I was told it was a comedy. And uh, it's not. At best, it's a dramedy. I mean, it's funny, but it's like heart-wrenchingly serious a lot of the time oh god like it's Ugh. dramatic no good like it's really good it's just like it it there's some emotions there um some emotions. and so i've been reading that or reading that i've been watching that and uh i'm keeping up with that a little bit um i actually just listened to uh some new music this weekend that's exciting that is exciting for me i've been trying to pick that back up because i used to be a huge music nerd and it's been a while since i've listened to new music and what did what did we find Oh, what did I find? I mm-hmm. found that I like a lot of the... I was trying to focus on finding new rappers that I like. Um, so I asked a bunch of friends for suggestions, and uh, I think I liked about half of them, which is fair. I mean, usually when you get new music suggestions, you don't like everyone. Um, but I, I really I really enjoyed it. Uh, I found a couple like rappers that even if I don't necessarily love them, their flow is nuts. Like, uh, there's this Christian rapper called NF, and he has, like, a crazy flow, and that was impressive, and, um, and I was just, like, I, I was appreciating the fact that I was back in music, so that's, that's that, and then, um, I guess the last part of my thoughts are that, uh, I'm gonna miss Art Things Considered, because this is my last episode. Yeah, man, you, Matt's been here, he's, like, a founder, you know, he started, he was on the start of this show with Erica and Armando, and who was the name of the girl who I replaced? Oh, you don't remember who I don't replaced? remember. I don't remember who I replaced. Yeah, she wasn't here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sure she's a very nice, you know, girl. But you, you, you've been here since the start. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. But um, yeah, it's it's weird because it's evolved every year. You know, like the first year, it was it was interesting because it was so new and like we were all so new and that was fun and. Uh, I think last year was was just a freaking blast. Oh my god, we had so much fun um, last year. That was a good one. And uh, and I miss Armando. I think like like I mean Nico, Nico's great and like Sabrina, you're amazing. This year was on par <laughs> with you, last year. You. Yeah, but yeah. it's like I only had a year to get to know you guys. Last year, like I'd had the year the test run with Armando and Erica, and then like the second year it was just like we were all comfortable. With yeah, right. and then I just like slid in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I was like skeet skeet. Like what's up, guys? Like yeah. But. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just nice and it's kind of crazy because I, like I I'm gonna obviously have to keep podcasting because I don't know what I'll do if I don't. But, yeah, it dies. But uh, and I actually <laughs> actually just started a new podcast with a friend. We'll be releasing that eventually, but um, I'll probably put that on the page when I do because we won't be recording, so they might as well listen to something. Yeah. Um, but it's just uh, it's gonna be kind of 
crazy not being here and i keep thinking about it because like now i can finally not think about getting homework done and projects done and i know yeah. i cannot wait to not have to do that you well know? like Great. all i have left now i finally today am done with two of my final projects out of the three um and the only other thing i have to do for the third one is i have to help edit a little bit for dramatic and that's it and so i finished one class entirely already and then on next Tuesday, I'll finish After Effects, and then Wednesday, I'll finish my other class. And, and then, then I'll... you're done, right? No, because I'm doing this stupid like minor class that I oh. that <laughs> might have a paper due the 26th, and then that's when I'll be done. That's but when I have my last paper due. I mean, it's fine because after that, I'll be done forever. <laughs> I think tomorrow <laughs> is the because reading days start next week, right? Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Yeah. So then or next, my... yeah, next Wednesday through Friday. Yeah. So then my last class, I'm done with it tomorrow. My That's... for for not my last class, but I my first one that I'm done with right. is tomorrow. I'll be done with it finally. Thank nice. God. That's but, nice. Yeah, After my uh, screening on Monday, I'm basically done. For the <sighs> dramatic final project, which will be really interesting uh, <laughs> to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was interesting when we did ours because half the class had it done and then the other half like did not have it done really yeah and it was really embarrassing for them i'm not gonna lie (laughs) but i mean i I don't know if ours will be perfect but it'll be watchable it'll be done of course it'll be done (laughs) yeah our whole idea is like uh, i'm supposed to be cleaning up sound and doing color on sunday so obviously if we hit that goal (laughs) that's gonna be it's gonna be practically a final version yeah um now if they don't get it to me sunday that'll be different but i think we'll be fine and Honestly, I think it's going to be crazy because I don't think I've ever worked this hard on a short film before. Yeah, that's and, uh, pretty And it's accurate. pretty long compared to, like, most of the short films I've worked on have been, like, five to eight. I think this one's going to end up being at least 12 minutes, if not 15. Really? Yeah. Ours was exactly, like, nine. Right that's on nice. the dot. Yeah. But well, we, we we have a lot of a lot. Um, dialogue, mm-hmm. uh, more longer scenes, but we also have action. So it's kind of hard. Cause like as a cinematographer, it was, it was awful. Uh, not awful. It, it was interesting, like a challenge, you know, like, cause you had to balance all these mm-hmm. action shots matching up with like getting your clean dialogue and like getting right. them lit and like getting mm-hmm. coverage. It was very interesting, but, um, definitely a challenge professionally, but I'm really proud of my work and that's exciting. Like for the first time, I think I did a project that I could like show somebody and be like, Hey, I worked on this and like it's relatively mm. professional level and look at it, you know? Right. So, so yeah. that's exciting. That is exciting. I'm sure you felt the same way. Yeah, I did. I actually was pretty like, I was really stressed out about After Effects this whole, like before the semester even began. Same. But I've been really like, hap- like proud of how my stuff has come out. And I, I didn't think it was going to be like that at all. I thought I was going to like hate it. Um, so that's really exciting, though, because I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I am good at this. <laughs> but now I'm just like stressing out about my final project. Yeah, I feel you. I'm going to go edit after this. <laughs> that was me last semester. I was like the last yeah. week or two. I was just like, oh, God. But I feel like he's like. Is he's it, a lot more chill. Is it yeah. just me or is he not grading as difficult as. Who is it, Sorrel? Yeah. Yeah. What did you expect? I or? heard like that. As I expected. Um, he's a he's a lot nicer than people give him credit for. He, yeah. Like, if you work, he'll give you a B. Yeah, yeah. If you work really hard and he loves it, he'll give you an A. Yeah. That's just basically how it works. Pretty yeah. much. And if you do all of your projects and turn them in all on time and yeah. show up all oh. the time, then as long as you get, like, mid to high Bs, you'll get an A in the class. It's not that bad. Yeah. 
Exactly. Or at least an A minus. You might not get an A. A is rough. Well, it's like it, a 94. It's, a 94 is an A in his class. Yeah. I think I'll end up with like a solid A minus. Because right now I have something to be so proud of. I have a 93. And I don't, I'd have to get like a 20 out of 20 on my final project to get it to a 94. Yeah, it'd be nice. So I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, it'd be nice. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, um, uh, one final, uh, final Erica thought. No. Uh, I guess. Cause this will be, this will probably be the last time we do Erica thoughts, right? Yeah. Because when yeah. someone else comes in here, ideally they'll do Matt thoughts. Yeah. I would hope. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> It'd be hilarious if everyone keeps doing Erica thoughts for the, the rest Just of the time. Just do that uh, for the rest of the time. It'll be fine. Everyone forgets about the other people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so one, one last thought. I actually thought of her because I was watching, uh, I was watching, uh, the pa- I want to watch Passengers, even though I've heard it's oh. awful. <laughs> this sounds really bad. But so no. I've been re- I was watching um, one of the interviews that Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence did, and I'm like 99% sure that she's seen this interview. So I'm, I'm hoping she uh, she lets me know. But they did this uh, like childish insult fight on this radio station. Oh, I Have saw that. that. It was no. actually really funny. It was so funny. But I think the best thing is like Chris Pratt just didn't want to hurt her <laughs> so much and it just made me like so much more in love with chris pratt I love but chris like pratt. i could see everything that erica loves about uh about j-law so yep. that was interesting J-Law but i just thought man. i'd share that um and yeah that's gonna that wraps it up that's gonna wrap it up what? it's gonna wrap up this Let's week's up. edition of art things considered uh we've considered a lot of art this year and uh i think we left you with a pretty decent last episode yeah Pretty long. Yeah, Pretty, pretty definitely long. Definitely long. We you got plenty in, of content. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome, guys. All right. Anyway, um, my name is Matthew Slaza. I'm Isabella Pico. And I'm Sabrina Brago. And that was Art Things Considered. I will not see you next week or next year. Me neither. <laughs> I'll be here. <laughs> uh, have a good summer, guys. Please end it like that. <laughs>